deep breath. I got a little tickle in my throat right now. A little ticky, ticky, ticky. A little tickle. I don't know. I just woke up like this. I literally woke up like this. God bless me. Thank God I'm alive. Thank God it's Tuesday. Um, Obviously, I'm trying to put like a little more effort into my podcast looks since I am trying to post more clips, you know, get famous, be funny. Who knows what my future holds. But I only did like half makeup trying to keep a free clean face for a couple days leading up to some big events and I just had an epiphany that I've been using for months the Rihanna Fenty Savage Beauty lip plumping lip gloss and the first time I tried it at Ulta I used like you know their little wand or whatever not the real one the fake one put it on And I immediately felt like James and the Giant Peach. Like I felt like my lips were the size of my face. It was fabulous. I was like, this totally works. I'm buying it. $26 lip gloss sold. I'll buy them all. And then every time I used it after that, I never got that same feeling. Like I never felt like it was that tingly, plump, like, oh my God, it's working. And I didn't know if I just got used to it. But then now, like six months later... I'm realizing I just put it on for like a little quick, little quick color and I have nothing on underneath it. And I think that's why it's tingling me because other times I put on like an actual lip color and then use that over the top. Nobody cares about this, but I do highly recommend that lip gloss. I know I'm almost out. I want to get myself a little more. It's just fabulous. It's a good on the go. Put it in your fanny. Put it, well, not physically inside your fanny because that would be weird. You'd end up at the doctor's office. But put it in your fanny pack, your fupa flash, and get on with your day. We're going to get on with this show, okay? Welcome back to another episode of The Buttonista Show. It's me, Taylor Miriam Rayo, your buttonista, with a tickle in her throat. And I know nobody asked me, but I have a serious question. What does return service requested mean? when you check uh, the mail, when you get a piece of mail and it says return service requested on it. I don't know what that means. I've been opening up mail for, you know, almost two decades here. And that's, wait, fuck, Taylor, that's a lie. You don't even open mail. That's why I don't know what it means. If I see the words return service requested on a piece of mail, I'm not fucking opening that mail. I'm not really opening any mail. I look at important documents with my name on it sent to my house using USPS stamps and I just throw it in the trash. I don't know how many times I've like auto paid, e-subscribed, saved the planet. Like stop putting pressure on me universe for saving the planet. I am actively saving the planet, checking my email instead of my physical mail, not sending you this return shit back. What do you want from me? Documents? My, my documents are at Joe Biden's house and you know that. If you know that, you know that. Return service requested. Anyway, today's show and all of the shows, 52-ish episodes of year are brought to you by Miller Lite. These days, the most Miller Lite I'm seeing is Miller Lite out of my Miller Lite pint glasses. I'm so embarrassed because my like water cap that's not a water cabinet Jesus Christ like my drink cabinet looks like a college house every single cup in there is a pint glass things are scratching off of it most of them say Miller Lite and all aspects of my life I feel like I'm a sophisticated somewhat classy individual 
but I just drink so much damn water. A pint glass is sort of the perfect vessel and I will break something. So these are sturdy. Pint glasses have that thickness that I've been, you know, inhabiting the past couple of years in my life. And a lot of that really is to to, to thank Miller Lite, to all the Miller Lights that I've sipped, all the sips that I'll have in the future of Miller Lite. It's no secret. It's my favorite beer in the world. I like to encompass the brand all the time, whether it is in my pint glass, whether there's water in there, a beer. And I did get to enjoy one, my first Miller Lite of 2023 at King's Tavern in Saratoga Springs. Uh, another one of those kind of off the beaten path. I'm not going to say it's a dive bar, but it's a beloved local spot, football bar. And if I'm going to watch sports, I like to be out doing it. I like to do it with Miller Lite. Um, and as much as I'm trying not to drink as much of it, that's just a cold weather thing. It's still my number one choice. It's still the reason for being here on this show is all the love that I can show to Miller Lite and them kicking a little bit of it back to me so I could do what I love with the drink that I love. Speaking of Miller Lite, I said I want to keep a makeup-free, kind of clean face this week. That is because, of course, the Golden Button Awards are happening on Thursday, January 26th at the Madison Theater. If you're listening and you're local and you are a fan of either me personally, of Two Buttons Deep, and you follow our page and the content that we put out, I'm really sorry, literally I have a huge tickle in my throat. Um, on a weekly basis, daily basis here in the Capital Region, this award show is definitely for you. It's going to be live in person. It's so much different than the live shows that we've put on for my podcast. It's a lot more uh, media heavy. We have different speakers and presenters. We have, of course, little tricks up our sleeves and plenty of Miller Lite to go around. Voting is now live if you want to go. Um, and if you can't go to the show, you can at least vote for me. Well, I mean, why would you not vote for me? On our Google Forms, we've been posting the link out there on Instagram stories, probably in the bio at Two Buttons Deep. So it's very fun. This is just such a such a cool kind of like career moment is being able to take things that you know you love and enjoy and just make it happen yourself I've always said I said a couple weeks ago I you know dream of going to some sort of Hollywood award show that kind of stuff is so aspirational so cool and the fact that we can just do it ourselves if we're not going to get invited to the Oscars is a very cool thing other people can come out and enjoy we're going to be kind of highlighting all the content that we did last year what our most popular stuff was what the people really loved and then of course we also don't know who wins any of the categories so the voting is live uh jack my team any personalities are not able to look at it so it really is a big reveal at the award show and it's all the people telling us it's basically a people's choice awards for two buttons deep called the golden buttons have my outfit picked out Want to do a couple different things with the glam with Alexandria's Beauty Salon. I'm very much looking forward to that. Maybe going to up my jewelry game. Like I have a very sleek, chic look for this, which I'm looking forward to because at the end of the show, I'm going to tell you about another gala, another event that I have that I definitely don't have an outfit for. And I'm not really sure what direction I'm heading in, but all the award show stuff has really gotten me thinking. I saw a lot of Oscars talk this morning on Tuesday because they just announced all of the nominees for all of the categories. There's already been the Critics' Choice Awards. There was the um, 
Golden Globe Awards already. And one thing that always circles around, especially with the controversies that they've had, is the celebrities that like quietly just don't attend award shows. You know, they're not there. People wonder where they are because either A, they've been nominated, they're featured in a really popular show, or B, I think there's just some celebrities that aren't necessarily, you know, super active in that given year, but are known to be a, you know, huge style standout, somebody that is going because they're working with a special designer, they're pulling the look together, and that's the kind of person that I would want to be. But it got me thinking about (coughs) what you stand to lose when you don't go to an award show. And the first thing that I really think of is FOMO because it is glitz and glam. It's Hollywood. It's like the culmination of, you know, the whole scene. And I get that it's antiquated. We talked about this again a few weeks back, but I heard someone else say today, like, you know, this idea of all of these celebrities in one room is kind of old school. I mean, again, this sounds like an absolute dream come true for me. But that by not going, you have FOMO, but you're also trying to let people know of your absence and take a stand. And I want to tell you about a little story, a little time in my life where that didn't really work out so much. And I don't know if it accomplished what I wanted it to. So Zendaya, if you're listening, Zendaya, I want to tell you that when I was in fifth grade, I... was very involved in school, right? I was the school president. I, or whatever, student council president. I was in chorus. I played the cello in fourth grade and the baritone in fifth grade because um, even though I was like three foot four, I needed everybody to notice me and I needed to play the biggest instrument possible, a metaphor for my life. You know, girls can do anything. We can do anything that we want. I'm gonna play the biggest instrument. And by the way, if you play the biggest instrument, You don't have to take it home because you can't carry it by yourself and you can't get it on the bus. So that was another smart move and an early inkling into the sense that I would not be a professional musician someday. Anyway, I was very involved and I was very confident that I was going to score a huge role in the fifth grade play. It was Grease. And... I believe I must have tried out for Sandy. I don't remember if you tried out for a specific part or if you tried out just in general and they placed you where you thought. But I was so outgoing. I was a competitive dancer. I was involved in anything you could be at the school. And I really believed at this young age I was destined for some sort of stardom in that sense. I'd taken acting classes. Like I had it, I had it all going for me. I've wanted to do this realm of things that I do for my entire life. And I just shot my shot as many times as possible. And I did not make it in really any capacity in the fifth grade play. I don't even think my character had a name. I was a cheerleader, a background dancer, very few speaking parts. And I was absolutely devastated. Of course, my friends were in more prominent roles, There were people that I did not see as a theater kid or any sort of thing getting like the most recognizable spots. And it really threw me for a loop because I was truly interested in this stuff. I really had a passion for it. I don't know how my audition was, if I was good or not. But, you know, of course, if you if you were in my head at that time, you were going to be you know, one of the top three people in the play without a doubt. And I remember that was a really hard lesson for me because 
I definitely thought I was going to get it. You're jealous. You don't really understand it. I could kind of, at that point, in my opinion, see, you know, who was getting what parts and it just didn't really make sense to me. There was definitely some Nepo baby stuff going on. People whose parents were, you know, in with the school in some way. Some of those people are my best friends now. So, I mean, who care? Like, it doesn't matter. You're in fifth effing grade. But it's just clicky at no matter, you know, what size your school is, no matter what baseball team you play on. Like, it is sometimes, you know, uh, something that you have to acknowledge that favorites are being played. People know certain people. And, you know, whether that was my perception of it at the time or that's really true, I think everybody out there, whether you're a parent of kids or have a kid memory of that, you know what that feels like. So I remember definitely just being pissed, but I did my best. I was in the play. I didn't, you know, I didn't make a scene. I just did what I was supposed to do and made the most of it and wore my little cheerleading skirt and that was it. And... It must have continued to escalate like at least in my head where I had a certain beef with the music teacher at the school because I again felt like I was snubbed and I have a horrible singing voice like that's how I know I could never be on SNL besides the hundred other reasons why I could never be on SNL but uh, I can't sing for shit so maybe that was why maybe I wasn't gonna rock that solo or whatever I trust her judgment now 27 years later but I wanted to take a stand I guess and it was fifth grade, so it was, you know, 2002, 2003. Put yourself there. Close your eyes. Put on your limited two shirt with the matching armbands. Slick your hair back. Part it in a zigzag formation. And sit with me for a second in 2002, 2003. Maybe, two, yeah, 2002, 2003. American Idol is in its first or second season. Clay Aiken. Ruben stuttered. Fantasia. They are coming to my television to do the season finale of American Idol. And you want to watch it. You're in fourth or fifth grade. You're beaming with pride. You're staying up till 830. You're calling in your live votes or whatever you did before texting. And you don't want to miss it for the world just so happens that the season finale of American Idol fell on the night of my final chorus concert. And I remember saying to my parents, I don't want to go. Why don't you want to go to your chorus concert, Taylor? Like these were, these were the moments I lived for. And I believe at that young, stubborn age, I really wanted to watch the American Idol season finale. 100% was my motivation. But I also wanted to take a stand and do kind of a little fuck off to the music teacher and the creative talents at my elementary school that I felt wronged me at the time. And yes, that is a very childlike pettiness. But at the same time, it's like we're wrapping this shit up like this whole this whole school, this whole chapter of my life. I'm over it. I'm not going to be Jesus Christ superstar. And I want to watch American Idol. And I don't I don't remember being dramatic about it. I don't remember crying. I don't remember being like, no, don't make me go. But for whatever reason, my parents must have said, all right, girlfriend, we'll stand with you, sister. They probably didn't want to sit their ass at a chorus concert either. And they told me that I didn't have to go. And I didn't go. Long story short, I definitely got a slap on the wrist. 
definitely word traveled around a little bit. I think people were not super happy with me, my mom, because we were kind of new people at the school, didn't really know people at the school. I didn't think it would be a big deal to miss the chorus concert. But of course, you're part of a team. You let people down, blah, 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 blah. So Zendaya, (laughs) just go to the Golden Globes, honey. Put the dress on, suck it up. There's DVR now, Netflix, whatever. I get you want to make a stand. I get you want to stand up for your right, for what you believe in, and, you know, force change in in a stubborn industry. But I tried it, you know. I stayed home so you could go to the Golden Globes, Zendaya. That's what I did. And I'm not calling her out specifically, but I am because there was a theory about her. But look at me now. Look at me now. Still no singing voice. Very few creative talents. But I will be walking the red carpet at my very own award show on January 26th. And maybe I'll even take home a little bit of hardware. So that's just a little personal story of... um, uh, what is it? Defeat? Defiance? I don't really know what that story represents, but it's something that will always stick with me. And I think, again, if you are a parent or you have gone through something like that, you just know what that feels like. And sometimes in the moment, I think you think taking a stand or being um, the worst person or being, I guess, stubborn really is the only way I could say it. You think that that's going to benefit you and everybody's going to go, oh my God. It's like when people quit a job and they think that like, People are going to be devastated. Like, you're replaceable, honey. Everybody's replaceable. People move on. Like, four people probably noticed that I was at home watching Ruben Stutter take on the title. And you know what? I love to enjoy a nice Ruben sandwich to this day. So it was a very important, formative time in my life. And if I was going to get a Ruben, I would probably go to the Ravenswood or order Emilio. So that's that. Um, The other thing that was on the lines of FOMO... uh, Can't really get into a huge other story because we have a lot of things to talk about, a lot of random things, a lot of things, things going on all the time. But over the weekend, I saw a ton of people in Lake Placid. And I have a very twisted history with the city, town of Lake Placid, New York. And for some reason, I don't know if I was feeling vulnerable. I definitely said I was bored like several times this past weekend. And I started to feel a little Lake Placid FOMO. And this is probably one of the more like polarizing thoughts that I have about living in upstate New York. It's one of those, um, you know, hipster stances that I can take that I know, you know, clearly I am the minority, but I don't care for Lake Placid at all. I took a job there once, sight unseen, don't recommend, did not dress appropriately, did not prepare my expectations appropriately in terms of the um, basic amenities that you need to live if you're me. I don't mean basic amenities amenities that you need to live like as a regular person. I mean like proximity to target type of amenities. And I visited Lake Placid probably... I don't know, 20 times in 11 months or something. Maybe not that many, but like I've been there a a handful of times, you know, at least a dozen, at least uh, an $8.69 12-pack of eggs dozen times. And I had a horrible experience with each one, whether it was weather-related, the lack of entertainment, the expense of touristy food, 
the parking situation, the motel situation that I was living in. I mean, it was not my best 11 months of my life. And to this day, I always have a huge negative Nancy attitude about Lake Placid, despite the fact that so many people know and love it and have romantic getaways there, beautiful weddings, memorable ski trips. Like I just cannot get behind that place at all. And then somehow in a moment of weakness, 48 hours before what would be a pretty eventful snowfall here in the capital region, my heart grew three sizes for Lake Placid. It was the college like international world games that they had been promoting for a while that finally took place. So there was a lot of excitement and activities going on around there. And it was just a lot of action. Like the vibes were high. And I I, I don't want to say this on the record because I don't want to hold myself to it. I don't want to have this recording of myself saying it. But after all I went through, and we can go into those stories in greater detail at another time, uh, the spoiler alert is that I felt like I almost went home with a pair of swingers one night on Valentine's Day back in 2016, 17. But again, for another time, I might be willing to give Lake Placid another chance. I just felt like if I can just strip away all of my my beefs with it, which again, I was up there by myself. So I think that clouded my vision a bit. There's really not a whole lot of activities that you can do to keep yourself busy solo besides maybe like go solo in your hotel room to keep yourself occupied. I don't know what else you could do. But like weekends with friends, definitely not a romantic getaway. There's just not enough to do. There's not enough activities. But one of my best memories was going down to Wyndham Mountain with a group of friends a couple years ago and, you know, just hot tubbing it, hanging out at a mountain, not skiing on it, down it, in it, whatever, just sitting at the bottom of it, drinking Bloody Marys while everybody else skied. And it was a great time. So, you know what? I might cool the jets on the Lake Placid hate this year. I don't think I'm going there anywhere in the near future, but I did kind of say to myself the past couple of weekends as I have been laying low, just preparing for all of the big stuff that we have going on work-wise, I said to my mom, we gotta, gotta get back to day tripping, staycations, quick overnights, new cities. It's just this time of year, I was thinking about how a couple, uh, a couple of months ago, 12 almost to be exact, I did no Marshall's March and I get in a horrible routine. It's not horrible routine. Jesus, it's a, definitely a first world problem. But I do just get in a routine this time of year where like when you're laying low, you just run the lap, you run the errands, you go to Ulta, you go to Marshall's and before you know it, the whole day's gone and you're like, OK, like errands out to dinner, housework and that's it. And there are so many places, maybe not Lake Placid, but similar, Kingston, Hudson, Manchester, Vermont, Great Barrington, Massachusetts, where I just need to get up early on a Saturday and say, listen, I'm doing something. I can create content. It benefits me. It's a little adventure, change of scenery, because I've also been saying for months how it's time to get on a plane and go away. And time just goes by so freaking fast, baby. It just goes by fast. And if I keep saying that and I'm not getting on that plane and I'm not going somewhere and I'm only going to Marshall's, that's a shame on me. I got to at least travel within, see different things, stay out of the winter blues mentality. It's so easy to get wrapped up in that. I'm sure we'll cover that more in the next couple of weeks because it's such a present thing 
after all the pressure of the beginning of the year, changing your life, being better, not drinking, doing this, like all of that shit, it weighs on you and you have to, have to, have to see and experience different things, get out of your rut, try something new. And we are very truly lucky that we can do that within a really cool geographic circle and embrace new things. You know, maybe I will go to Lake Placid and, you know, reconnect with my self while I'm on snowshoes. No, I won't. Absolutely will not. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about today on the fashion front before we get to five random things is I, while not in Lake Placid over the weekend, I did wear a bathroom coat um hold on one second I might have to pause this um or maybe I can call my mom on the show let's try to call her quick let's try to call the senior botanist on the show I'm very sorry but I'm coordinating for the big event let's see I don't know if you can hear this hi there hi Jonah said he keeps trying to call you oh I'm sorry I just had to step away for a second okay um okay just if I'll you just give him your number. Okay, yeah. Or I'll okay, give bye. you his number. You call him. Okay, give me his number. Okay, I'm doing my podcast. All right, bye. Okay. Oh, she didn't say hi to you guys. Um. Now she's got to call Jonah. We got to pick up some tote bags. We're big on the tote bag game for these award shows. Everybody gets a little something. I love that at these shows. It's all good. How can I share this with my mom? Let's see. Sorry, guys. Um, one second. Bathrobe coat, bathrobe coat, bathrobe coat, bathrobe coat, bathrobe coat, bathrobe coat. Hold on. You now. Excellent. Bathrobe coat. I wore a bathrobe coat over the weekend. Went to Raya in Saratoga, newest Melio restaurant. Jesus Christ, all the distractions just all pouring in at once. No big deal. No big deal, no big deal, deep breath, it's all good. Um, I went to Raya, Saratoga, did a little fit pick, did a little recap of the place, great joint, nice noodles. Don't say show me your nudes, don't say show me your nudes, I know better than that. You don't say, don't say that to anybody that you know. Oh God, okay, Jet. All right, hopefully that was that. And I got a lot of love for this bathrobe coat. And I thought this was something that everybody knew about. So I got to like take a little step back here and let you guys know about some coat recommendations, some coat etiquette for the winter because I love coats and jackets despite not knowing the difference between a coat and a jacket. I love them both. I don't discriminate. I'm a big fan. So honestly, another reason why I love Rent the Runway is because coats and jackets are your outfits during the winter. They can be worn with literally all black underneath, whether it's freaking workout leggings and a turtleneck, if you have the right length, the right style, nobody cares or knows what you're wearing underneath. You could be like uh, Brooke Davis from One Tree Hill and be wearing nothing under your coat. I don't care if it's that much of a statement. Why don't you make it a real ass statement, a full ass statement? Um, So the bathrobe coat is an interesting phenomenon because it really does resemble a bathrobe or maybe back in the day it was called a house coat. So this one in particular I've had for years. It's not new, so you probably can't find it. It's DKNY from Macy's. And what makes it special is that it has this huge sort of like shawl collar. 
no zippers, just one center closure button and a big tie around it. And I can manipulate the top of the coat to almost like cover all of my neck to wear it wide open like a big, huge collar. And every time I wear it, I get tons of compliments because it's basically a look all on its own. It goes perfectly with dresses. I think people really kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Sorry, there's not a nicer way to say that. Um, when they dress up in the winter and they throw like a North Face on top of it. Like you're just ruining all of the work that you did. You know, it's like me making brownies this weekend when I'm trying to, you know, not drink during the week. Like I just ate you know, all the sugar that was in the wine I wanted in a brownie. Like, don't make the brownies then. Don't dress up if you're not going to finish it off with a nice coat or something to really complete the look. So the bathroom coat, I will say, is exclusively for like a nicer outfit. You can't really rock it in a super casual sense, even though now I'm saying that. I think if you had a nice, fresh like fashion focused pair of sneakers you're a little bit taller than me these kind of coats definitely look better on taller people where you can see a little bit of your jeans maybe a little bit of your ankle your boots or whatever but I would reserve those type of coats for going out to dinner you know going out on the town after and needing something that looks classy and complements your look but is also warm and whatever this one um some of these type of coats, you got to make sure that you try on something heavier underneath. Like if it is really cold, you know, there's some of these that have really skinny arms and you really can only wear like a t-shirt underneath. You have to be aware of that before you buy it. Or is there a version that you could wear an actual thick sweater underneath so that you are layering and wearing it more than just for fashion purposes? But I absolutely love the bathrobe coat idea. I had a couple of people DM me theirs. And keep it simple. I wouldn't get one that has a crazy pattern or anything. I would get something that is, you know, clean and simple, could go a little bit dressed up, a little bit dressed down. But I appreciate the love on that coat. And I hope that that opens up a new window of types of coats to look for this time of year and kind of leads to my overall winter coat advice. And I'm talking more fashion, not function. Don't get me wrong. I have a couple, you know, long, you know, uh, North Face type of coats that I wear on super cold days or to the gym or whatnot. But especially for a shorter girl, especially for someone that wants to do keep warm and also be fashionable, go for longer coats and jackets this time of year. It covers your fupa. If you have one like me, it covers your legs and it covers a lot of your outfit. Again, taking away the need to really overdo it underneath, the coat becomes more of the look and it has an actual function, which is impressive for someone like me. So I love longer coats in general. If you're going to wear a longer coat, I also like one that has a defined waist. So some of them have a waistband that you can actually, you know, tie it up. Maybe it has little um, like adjustable like, you know, rubber or whatever, like strings on it so you can make it more defined at the waist. Again, this is going to just make it more flattering for you. It's going to make you look like you have a shape. I have rented so many coats on Rent the Runway where I maybe size up because I think I need it or it's only what is available. And it ends up being one of the most unflattering things I've ever put on my body, which there's a time and place for. But when you're wearing something really unique that you want to stand out, 
you want your body to stand out a little bit within reason as well. And the cinched waist will really help you keep that shape and whatnot. Um, And I think it just makes it more fun, you know. I mean, don't be afraid to have a couple coats in your wardrobe that are a pop of color, that are a little crazy. You want to be able to rotate them through during the season. Like, I think everybody should have, you know, maybe five coats, really, in the winter. You have your your worker bee, your one that you're going to wear every single day that you don't necessarily care how you look in, that is durable and maybe better quality. But then leave room in your closet for some fashion coats that make a statement, make an outfit, and just make getting out the door during the miserable winter so much easier. I really think it pulls your look together. It gives you confidence. You're going to get a ton of compliments, you know, whether it's fur, texture, you know, a unique hood, some sort of like shearling or detail on the cuffs. It is fun to wear coats and jackets and it makes it just more of a worry-free experience. Um, With that, also, if you're going to wear like a puffer, the total opposite of having something long, I love a cropped puffer for sporty chic, athleisure, brunch with the girls, running out quick, especially if you are It doesn't actually even matter what your body type is. But if you're tall, you're thin, you're in shape, you're short like me, a shorter coat on me looks good. It makes me actually look tall because I don't have all this excess fabric with certain outfits that are just weighing me down, making me look bigger than I actually am. So if you see a puffer that you like, just like delete those two last puffs and imagine it, you know, look for something that's cropped. Very flattering, cute with a turtleneck. That kind of gives me like apres ski vibes, you know, like you're not going to be out in the cold all day in a cropped puffer or a cropped vest, but you're going to look good when you are out bopping around doing your thing. So those are a few coat recommendations. I love a long kind of classy like center button pea coat too. Uh, Not the short pea coats. Those give me like very like early 2000s, mid 2000s vibes, but just a longer, more streamlined, classy coat. Same thing out to dinner. Um, I always wear my leather jackets. I think that's something that you keep in your closet all year round. You don't need to take that out. Um, I wear that in the summer. I wear it in the winter. I wear it in the fall. That's a a year-long coat. But if you have any coat questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'll give you the scoop and just want to make sure that you're all, you're thinking about your fashion, you know, as much as you can this time of year because it does make us feel better and it is important. And coats, while you spend a lot of money on them, that was the other thing I wanted to say, while you spend a lot of money on a coat, it is something you should have for a long time. If you buy something that is either so statement, so crazy that you'll always want to break it out just a small handful of times, or it's so classic and so timeless that it's worth spending even more on. I also recommend Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, now that I'm a huge supporter of the, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not a supporter of the Leslie Wexter empire, even though I have given him a lot of dollars in my lifetime. Um, he's not really a nice man. Um, Abercrombie has had like 50% off coats for a while. I don't know what inventory they have left, but a lot of fun on trend things there. Uh, kind of the moto jacket with the shearling fuzzy thing. Um, I love that. Just a lot of different options. Same thing with the Zara sale, uh, which I, regrettably 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 I do not think that is a word regretfully fully I regretfully have not returned to 
in a couple weeks. And unfortunately, it's just too much of a busy week for me to be prioritizing Zara. So if you're a size small, go out there. Medium, go out there. Get the coats that I was going to buy. Next up, and last but not least, we have five random things. Five random things are brought to you by Harding Mazzotti, the heavy motherfucking hitters. Harding Mazzotti. They drop the Martin. They're clean. They're fresh. But guess what? It's your old pal. It's the, the, the duo that you know and love. You see them on commercials. Good looking group of guys. Great heavy hitting pair of lawyers. They have a whole team of attorneys there at Harding Mazzotti that are going to help you when you need it. Listen, as somebody just came off of getting in a, you know, car accident-ish, it's not easy to deal with. It's not fun. It distracts you. It takes you away from the things that you need to focus on and do in your life. So God forbid something happens to you behind the wheel, call the heavy hitters. It's still 1-800-LAW-1010.com. Follow them on social media. Give them a little wink if you see them out in the streets and tell them that, you know, you, me, the botanista, handshake emoji. We love Harding Mazzotti. Number one, really, really over this Eminem drama. I mean, who is looking down right now and just being like, you, you suckers out there are getting your panties in a bunch of crunch about Eminem fake cartoon characters having to be wiped away from the face of the earth and turned into multiple different forms. We are sexualizing M&Ms. We are diagnosing M&Ms with certain um, disorders and certain behaviors. For what? For what? If you don't know, M&Ms put out a big statement saying that they have decided to make some changes based on the drama that happened like a year or two ago where they like made the sexy M&M less sexy. They made one M&M like a little bigger than the rest of the M&Ms. They gave an M&M anxiety. Like they, they decided we shouldn't have done that. We're going to go back to the OGs. But none of these M&Ms are going to represent us as a brand anymore. We are going to hire Maya Rudolph to, to do all of the work that every form and color of Eminem has done for the people for the past however many years. Like, what? What is this manufactured drama? What is this for? Who who is writing to the USPS? God bless them. Who is who is calling in complaints? Who is filling out the suggestion box saying there's a lot going on in the world right now? But I really want somebody to deal with the M&M dilemma. I just can't. Just pop them in your mouth. Eat them. Enjoy them. Don't sit on them in the car. Don't leave them there on a hot summer day. Just let M&Ms do their thing. And what a burden for Maya Rudolph to have to come in and save the face of probably the most recognizable candy brand in the United States of America, if not the entire world. I mean, it's working. I'm getting worked up about it right now. I didn't think that I would or that I even needed to talk about this, but it's just so stupid. And there's some stuff out there that like, listen, I read everything. I watch everything. And some stuff I'm just like, this is just over. This is just too much. Like I just can't. And I have that marketing brain. I've heard other people say it and hypothesize that this truly is a manufactured PR stunt because of course now, Spoiler alert, they're going to announce this in a Super Bowl ad 
and maybe the past two years have all been some little internal team at M&M HQ at the North Pole. Just kidding. I don't know if the M&Ms are based at the North Pole, but I feel like that would be a good place for them. And manufacturing their own saga, all for the eyeballs that are going to watch them at the Super Bowl on February 12th or whatever. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I really hope that Maya Rudolph is getting paid handsomely. She better be getting paid fairly and equally compared to all the other M&Ms out there and all of the wages that they made all of the years that they were active. She better be getting paid more than they did or as much as they did. I don't know. Next up, um, this is another incredible, incredible thing that made me um, made me honestly like 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 sh- it shocked me. It, it just it just shook me to my core. I had to think about it a little bit. I'm going to read it to you. Um, this is from Hello Magazine. It says that Dolly Parton made the shocking revelation this week that she always sleeps in her makeup. But what's more surprising is the reason behind it. The country superstar admitted that she goes to bed in a full face of makeup before washing it off in the morning and immediately reapplying. And the reason, this is a quote. She said, oh no, this, hold on. She said, I do all my beauty work in cleaning my face in the morning because I usually try to keep my makeup on at night. She told WSJ Magazine, because I never know if there's going to be an earthquake or a tornado or a storm, and I'm going to have to go out in the middle of the night. I mean, stand up. Everybody stand up. Round of applause. Standing ovation. Dolly Parton, sister. You damn did it. I mean, I can't say I've necessarily always understood the hype for Dolly Parton, because I don't listen to country music. I'm not really familiar with her work. I'm familiar with her uh, her, her big naturals. But other than that, I'm not super familiar with Dolly Parton. Um, I know she did a lot of stuff during COVID. I know she wanted uh, to not accept her Hall of Fame thing. You know, all that kind of stuff. So she seems like a great lady. Don't get me wrong. But doing God's work and getting out there in a full face of makeup morning, noon, and night is... Just an incredible and selfless act to do. To always teach women that you should be prepared. That you want to be looking your best and feeling your best. I mean, it's just it's, it's just very impressive to me, without a doubt. I hate it, personally. I think it makes me feel like a failure if I wake up with my makeup on, if I forget to wash it off at night. But I also believe that it does build character a little bit. You know, not every day are you going to be able to do your full skincare routine going off without a hitch before you sleep peacefully. I sleep like a maniac anyway. Um, I'd probably have to change my sheets every day since I bury my head in the pillow and it would be covered in makeup. And I'm scared for my skin. I'm leaving my, my face makeup free for like a week leading up to an event just in case. And the fact that she can actually like close her eyes with with lashes and mascara and whatever all because she wants to be going out and looking ready I can't help but respect that move it's why I think part of the reason like I always make sure I have like good pajamas when I go to a hotel or something because a I'm not packing like my you know boyfriend's extra large t-shirt like a fucking smock to go on vacation I want to be packed nice TSA is going to root around in there a little bit but also If anything did happen in the hotel in the middle of the night, 
you'd be stepping out in something somewhat appropriate and she's just taking it to another level admitting that she sleeps with makeup on. It's so much to process, but I think at the end of the day, it's a respectable move that makes me enjoy Dolly Parton even more and maybe uh, take my fandom to another level if I have to explore things further. But realistically, it's not for me. It's it's for a celeb like her. I never understood people that have to have a full face to go to Target and the gym and whatnot. And that's not that's actually not really nice to say. It's not that I don't understand them. I understand that we all have our own insecurities and step out feeling a certain way about ourselves. There's no doubt you feel more confident and feel better when you step out looking your best. But I also have to have some practical bones in my body and know that you know, I'm not always going to sit on this couch or go to Target or, you know, do whatever being the best dressed person that people think I might be or want to be in my own head. So, um, you know, there's a lot going there. Uh, number three, um, speaking of what I want to look like and what I want to be like, I realize it's been about a year since I transformed my hair. I Well, I've had two couple transformations, but a year ago in January, I chopped my hair, what little I had of it, and I did like the super short bob, blonde as I've always been. And I have kind of been consciously like growing it out just because I don't feel like I have enough options with my hair. I am always here for a hair change, something dramatic, mix it up. I just think it really is only hair and it's I don't like to stay the same. I like to change like in all forms. Um, But since I like to change and I like to wear my hair differently all the time, I get super bored with the short hair and have, you know, my gal pal Alex, who's one of my best friends, who is always you know, helping me with hair for events and whatnot. And I feel like we've just kind of run out of ideas with the short hair. So I have been trying to grow it out a little bit. I uh, kind of left the blonde world a little bit and tried to go a little bit darker, a little bit more natural. And I fell into this trap for like the 57th time in my life where I see a picture of a celebrity and I I want the hair color. Don't get me wrong. I saw a picture of Carly Kloss And immediately sent it to Alex and said, is this my next hair color? And like, Taylor, honey, honey, you don't just want brown hair and you just want to look like Carly Kloss. And I've done this since I was a kid. Hilary Duff, Jennifer Aniston, Elaine from Sun. No, just kidding. Who have I wanted to look like all these years? I just can never get it out of my head that like that hair color on my head is not going to give me the symmetry in the look that is going on in this picture on Twitter. And I just so desperately think that it's going to and want it to that, God damn it, I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah, you bet I'm, I'm going to do it. I might go to the to the dark side. Speaking of, well, not speaking of, but, you know, I hate horrible Instagram captions that are cliches and everything. If I ever posted that I went to the dark side, um, I mean, I would probably have to mean I joined ISIS or something because I'd have to only use it in a very serious, legitimate context. Uh, But since I might be going into ISIS, uh, I did want to also just check out, you know, what I would look like with brown hair since I have you guys here. Um, I'm going to do the next couple of questions uh, or things that I want to discuss uh, just with a little bit. Oh, hold on. Yeah, just like a little bit of a a new look. Um. I just, I don't know if this, it's not going to stay on. I thought it was sticky, but like, I don't know if this looks good on me. Um, maybe I could try it as like eyebrows, but I have a, um, I have a mustache here. I found a, I found a brown mustache in my 
uh, in my junk drawer. And if you ever come over to my house, I promise everything will look amazing. But I will, I will bury you in my backyard if you open my junk drawer. You're just not allowed. I think everybody's allowed to have one unkempt place in the house. And I do believe in the power of a junk drawer. So much so that I brought out the brown mustache just to chest out my hair to chest out my hair I've got chest hair too don't worry um and to also ask you guys oh my god Dolly Parton's on the Rachel Ray show no shit wow she looks like a little angel does she have a mullet also I feel like Dolly Parton kind of has a mullet she's got a lot going for her she's a hustler don't you ever ever count yourself out for how old you are you can be a celeb way until your older years you have all the time in the world to be who you want to be taylor miriam rayo uh what were my last couple of random things i'm kind of falling flat now that this mustache joke didn't land so i might have to close it out here because i was really hoping to get a good clip of me wearing a mustache for no other reason than i'm here to just entertain you get my thoughts out tell you all of the things that nobody asked me for and not Leave it all out on the line because there's more. And my phone keeps ringing. So I got to answer my phone, move on with my day. Thank God it's Tuesday and I will see you guys next week. Oh, fuck. No, I can't. This is the second time I've done this. My phone is blowing up. I wanted to tell you about the Mardi Gras gala that I'm going to this weekend that I have yet to pick out an outfit for. It is to benefit the Regional Food Bank of New York. It is the Hattie's. Mardi Gras gala and there's a lot of galas out there there's a lot of charities that you can support but I am a big fan of Business for Good who is involved with this event they recently purchased Hatties as part of their nonprofit model and this gala is taking place at the Canfield Casino in Saratoga truly one of the most beautiful venues I've ever been to a lot of friends have gotten married there had a lot of Miller lights in there a lot of celebrations and this gal is going to be a good time I'm bringing the senior botanista Hattie's is being celebrated hosting it it's Mardi Gras they started this tradition back in 2001 they're bringing it back this year probably after a little you know what delay and I'm pumped if it means Hattie's food dressing up maybe a little dancing soul session performing being in Saratoga after dinner drinks at Adelphi, maybe Salivo. Who knows what the senior botanista and I are going to get into this Saturday. But if you need some weekend plans, if you're looking to support a good cause, dress up, test out your bathrobe coat. There are still tickets to the event. I'm going to have a couple that I could give away. So stay tuned for that on my Instagram stories. And, you know, bring a little Hollywood into your own life. You know, it is award show season. Golden Buttons, Galas, Golden Globes, Dolly Parton, you name it. It's about the glitz and glam for the next couple of weeks to beat the winter blues. So check that out. Follow my page to see if you can win. And of course, as always, stay tuned for the fit pick so you know what I was rocking at the event. That's it. I will see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show. Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, I will be there every week sipping a Miller in spirit or just right there with you, my friends. I'll see you guys in a little bit. Bye.